0: So today we are going to have a good little book club episode. It's going to be the transition from February or from uh, January to February. It is February first. Uh, the reason that I'm not jumping straight into well, let me let me recap. What we're going to do today is I'm going to go over a little bit of leadership strategy and tactics because I love the book so much, and I felt like my last episode didn't really. Do it justice to to end end the series on. So I want to wrap that up a little bit and uh, give it a good clean wrap up since. Uh you know, January kind of left us hanging, uh, ending right on a uh, a Tuesday. So I'm gonna wrap that up a little bit, and then I'm gonna jump into a introduction on meditations. We're not gonna get too deep into what uh, meditations really is. Um, the content of meditations. We're gonna explore it a little bit. I'm gonna tell you how I'm going to approach it, and then meditations. We're gonna review that in a short time span of the three next Wednesdays that we have available for February. So I hope that fits everybody's fancy because that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> um, um, I, I don't really have, I don't have a structure with this, guys. Um, we're going to develop that structure as it goes on. And I've told you time and time again, if you're looking for, um, I try to do what I can to be prepared and to, to have ideas to to move forward with structure. But if you're looking for refined, um, refined uh, opinions and refined um, ways of going about doing these things, then... Uh, just shut the shit off now I guess is what I have to tell you we're throwing this together and I'm trying to come up with some sort of uh, standard to approach these episodes with Um, but right now I just don't have that things are so different and I'm trying so many new things that it's going to get a little western for the next few months literally actually that's funny that I said that I didn't even mean to but we're going to get into some westerns but I don't really know how to approach these books all the time and that's why like I said I'm cleaning up Jocko because I learned that it doesn't sit right with me to to do a a non-conclusion episode on a book. so That's why we're going to clean up Jocko today. Meditations, I really don't know how we're going to approach it. I have sweated over it, fretted over it for weeks. Um, I'll ignore the book and go think about it by myself. I'll dive into the book and try to figure it out, which just causes me to ask more questions. I don't know how we're going to approach it. Uh, I wish I had more answers for you, but all I can tell you is to tune in, uh, enjoy the ride, and get what you get out of it and hopefully it brings value. Let me know if it brings value or not. Um, I've got a good buddy, Max Mankin, I've talked about A couple times. Um, He's always really, really good about picking something in the podcast that I can do better and something that I've done well. And I I truly do appreciate that guys. Now don't nitpick the shit out of me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like do it if you want. But, um, he always, uh, he tries to pick something of value out of the podcast. When he listens to it, brings it to me when I ask him, Hey man, what'd you think about that last one? And he says, Oh, I think this, uh, that really, really helps me out a lot guys, because you know, as well as I know that I don't exactly know what the fuck I'm doing right now. Um, I'm just kind of putting it together and you guys are enjoying it. So If you want to see it get better, if there's a reason, if if you get to any point in the podcast and you say, I'd really like to turn this off right now, write that down and let me know why. Um, that That's really what I need from y'all in order to make this better and to give you a more standard presentation of what we're going to be seeing in the book clubs and in the guest episodes. So uh, I don't have a lot of time right now. Um, this is the only time. I'm doing phase three right now, so this is the only time slot that uh, I have to record this book club episode and still get it out on time. So um, I'm going to try to be short, simple, to the point in these books and give you the information that you need to know. And hopefully you'll still get some value out of what I've got to say today. So... Um, We're gonna stop by or stop. We're gonna start by wrapping up um, leadership strategies and tactics. Uh, Leadership strategy and tactics. Uh, We're gonna just kind of look at the conclusion. The conclusion is it's all on you, but not about you. This is how Jocko ends the book, and I think it's a perfect way uh, to really end the book and. You'll notice this theme throughout my podcast. Hopefully, if you're listening to the podcast right with the way that I intend for you to listen to the podcast, I'm talking to myself. Um, a lot of times, yeah, I give advice on things that I've learned, but I'm still reinforcing the things that I've learned and talking to myself about things that I'm kind of bad at. Uh, that's really what I do. And this this conclusion... Um, exercises that perfectly because I love the conclusion so much is because I'm not I'm not very good at it yet uh, I'm really not so let's go ahead and jump into it uh, it says the title it's all on you but not about you when you are a leader there are no excuses and there is no one else to blame you have to make the decisions you have to build relationships you have to communicate so that everybody can understand you have to control your ego and your emotions you have to be able to detach. You need to instill pride in the team. You need to train the team. You need to be balanced and tactful and aware, and you have to take ownership. The list goes on and on and makes up this incredibly complex undertaking that we call leadership. And if you do all those things well, if you lead effectively, the team will be successful and the mission will be accomplished. If you do not lead effectively, you will fail and the team will not accomplish the mission. Leadership is all on you. But at the same time, Leadership is not about you. Not at all. Leadership is about the team. The team is more important than you are. The moment you put your own interest above the team and above the mission is the moment you fail as a leader. When you think you can get away with it, when you think the team won't notice your self-serving maneuvers, you are wrong. Your people will see it and they will know it. The leadership strategies and tactics in this book are to be used not so that you can be successful, these uh, strategies and tactics are to be used so that the team can be successful. If you use them to further your own career and your own agenda, eventually these strategies and tactics will backfire and bring you down. You will fail as a leader and as a person. But if you use these strategies and tactics with the goal of helping others and helping the team accomplish the mission, then the team will succeed. And if the team succeeds, you win as a leader and as a person. But indefinitely more important, your people win. and that is true leadership those hit heavy guys because um i'm particularly bad at this of trying to use uh Jocko's teachings as it, it sounds bad when i say it but it, it's right is manipulation tactics you say oh how do i get what i want out of people okay well that's not how you need to be approaching this okay how do i get people to do what i want um, <laughs> you know, I've never thought that in my life. Um, how do I get them to do what the fuck I want them to do? Okay. Well, if you use these strategies, you'll have success for a long time until you fall flat on your ass because you will eventually. That's not what these are for. What this is for is for the team to win, specifically in a marriage. This is one. This is one way that I think that um, I'm going I'm gonna actually criticize Jocko, which is a fucking first. Um if you know me, I love Jocko, but I don't think that he, and maybe this, maybe it's not a criticism, I just don't think he goes far enough in helping us figure out how to apply these tactics in a relationship, because I feel like, um, with your wife, or your, uh, yeah, with your wife, um, or your husband, that, uh, I feel like these tactics are applicable, just in different ways and to different severities. Because it's really hard to like motivate the team around being married for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, it's it's a motivating factor, but there's certain things. And again, this is not a a refined point because I'm not smarter than Jocko, and I'm I'm trying to figure out what he means and how to adapt his words into a relationship form. Um, which at a surface level is easy to do, but at a more complicated level, it's, it's pretty hard um, when you have these hard, complicated relationship issues to apply leadership strategy and tactics to that. Um, but what was I saying? Um, it's just different and it's, it's difficult and it's easy to accept these tactics as a way to make your wife do what she wants or do what you want. Take ownership of this so that she'll eventually, she'll eventually come around like, oh, I'll take ownership for a little bit and then she'll start taking ownership. It's not the right way to do it. I've been known. I may have even said that on the podcast. Um, uh, And, you know, eventually you do want to be an example so that she'll eventually learn to take ownership, but uh, you're not taking ownership so that she'll take ownership. You're taking ownership because it's the best thing to do for the team because you're the leader of the team. That's why it's easy to fall into this trap of, oh, well, I'm going to do these things so that I can get what I want and so that I can make all the money in the world and be a successful leader. That's not why you do this. You do this because you genuinely want the team to win. You have to, if you're going to try to use this book and apply it to your life, you have to modify your motivations to wanting the team to win. And whatever that team be. And here's here's another thing that he doesn't really hit on in the conclusion, but it's it's clear throughout the book, is that you you are a leader at whatever position that you're in. Um this is something that I have said multiple times is that it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're a leader, you're a leader, okay? If if you claim to be a leader, well, then you're a leader at the gym. You're a leader in your household, okay? You're a leader at the supermarket when you're the only one that'll put a fucking basket back up, okay? You're a leader at work, okay? No matter, you're leading your bosses because you're leading the team. That's what leaders do. Leader Leadership is not synonymous with authority, Leadership is synonymous with the way that you you handle yourself, the way that you carry yourself, and the way that you interact with the team, i.e. wanting the team to win, and how you do that, how you exercise the influence that you have. That's what leadership is. Okay, so when he says, when you are a leader, there are no excuses, and there is no one else to blame. You have to make decisions. You have to build relationships. You have to communicate so that everyone can understand. Notice he doesn't say, you have to give orders. He says you have to communicate. He says you have to make decisions. He says when you are a leader. Okay. I don't know what he's really referring to as if the point of time that you are a leader from nine to five at work or what. But to me, what he's saying is when you are the type of person to be a leader. It's like saying when you are a man. Okay. We know what a man and a woman is here on this fucking podcast. We do. Okay. We know what a man and a woman is. And when I say, when you are a man, you take responsibility for your actions. When you are a man, you are to provide. Okay, when I say that, you're a man all the time. It's all the time your responsibility to provide. Okay, and that's the way I'm going to interpret what Jocko was saying here, is when you are a leader. I am a leader. That's that's what I've identified as my purpose. Okay, I'm not all the time good at it. I'm not saying I'm anywhere close to good at it, but... I think my purpose is to be a leader. I am a leader all the time. And these tactics and strategies apply all the time, okay? Everyone around me, I want the team to win, whether that's my country, whether that's my state, whether that's my community, whether that's my marriage, whether that's my family, I want the team to win, okay? And because I am a leader, I apply these strategies and tactics 24-7, okay? And they work 24-7, they work in I, I I can't. The only one that is kind of difficult, and it's what I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around, is the relationship aspect, um, because it's hard. It's hard. Uh, this book is written in the context of being a SEAL team leader or a work leader, um, a football team leader, whatever the case it is. It doesn't give a lot of answers in terms of relationships, but I know that these tactics work in the relationship because. I was able to take a good relationship to start with a year ago when I started reading this book and 10X, 10X the quality of my relationship in that amount of year in in that amount of time, not even a year. I started this book in like March, if that. Okay. So, um, I know that these work in a relationship. It's just when it gets really, really hairy and really, really sticky and really kind of fucky wucky in the relationship, I don't, I don't really know how to apply them um but in every other facet in the gym at the grocery store like I've talked about at work these concepts apply okay and for better or worse they apply in your marriage okay they really do if you live your life like I said I don't have all the answers for the way they apply in a marriage um because he does leave and this is the real sticking point is he does leave a way out for um for when you just cannot influence, get the leadership capital to influence that person. He says you might have to leave the job, okay? You might have to commit a mutiny. That's not an option in a marriage. It's not, um, at least not in in this podcast. We believe that marriage is for life, and when you make that commitment, it is for life, okay? Till death do us part. Um, you work it out, and you exercise the daily discipline to make that commitment to be for life you don't get to get out of that a commitment and I'm not saying that if you have that's bad I'm not saying that if you might have to that's bad I'm not looking down on anybody I'm just saying what I believe and why this book gets kind of hairy when it comes down to that is because the ultimate last-ditch scenario for Jocko is you might have to leave the job and it's applicable everywhere else you might have to leave the gym if you just can't exert you know exercise the uh the amount of influence that you want you can't leave your marriage and so that's why I'm, I'm adding that caveat. That's why there's caveats here is because I don't know. When it gets to that terminal point, I don't know what Jocko describes. And honestly, that's probably where you ought to turn to God. Jocko's not God. Um, that's where you turn to uh, Jordan Peterson and the Holy Book and you start looking for, for the solution there. Um, but these strategies work, especially if you exercise them daily. I can guarantee you. Okay, I can guarantee you if you exercise these strategies with your wife, okay, or say you're day one in a marriage, say you've been dating for eight months, okay, whatever it is, before you get married and you don't have five, 10, 15 years of of bad juju resentment built up, if you apply these tactics, I promise you, I promise you that if you exercise daily discipline with these tactics in your marriage, you will either A, In the amount of a few months, find out that that person is not who you want to be with for the rest of your life, or B, you will build an amazing marriage to where you never have to worry about mutiny or making an exit. Okay. Um, I'll put down, I'll put a paycheck on that right now. Um, Things can go wrong, things will go wrong, mistakes will happen. But if you make that lifelong commitment and if you put daily effort into your marriage in the ways that Jocko is, is talking about here, I can promise you that you will be able to build something strong enough that it, it that the idea of not being in that for life won't even enter your brain. Um I, I can confidently make that assertion. So anyway, caveat aside, this book is is one hundred percent amazing. It's one that um outside of D Ellen's Bible, um I don't I don't even have a Bible, which is kinda of sad to say. I need to get one. But um outside of D. Ellen's Bible, this is one book I would grab and it's kind of silly to say because I can go buy another one but if I had to choose one um, it would be this one outside of her Bible. Um, we want to keep the Bible but uh, because it's it's whatever it's what all of this is built on you can find it's a lot harder to find it's not as easily broken down as what Jocko has broken it down to but all of these concepts are in the Bible um, but if I had to grab a next book it would be this one it honestly would. Uh, because it just so completely changed my life, and especially when you read it right. Uh, When you read it as if you are a leader, when you are a leader, there are no excuses, and there is no one else to blame. When you are a leader, okay, that means when you are defined as a leader, like we talked about minutes ago, um, when you read it like that, and you take this book as a complete antidote, a complete um, operating structure for living your life, the, this is the OS for the way that you live your life. I promise you, you will value this book as much as I do. So I don't want to beat a dead horse. Um, but I, I lo- I have a lot of love for this book. It absolutely changed my life. If you know 75 hard and, uh, live hard did a lot of things for me, but if you know me, and if you've known me over the past year, um, I've made changes, and the only reason I know that I'm a better person now is because other people tell me. Um, I know that I've made changes, and I can guarantee you 99% of those changes. Well, no, we'll go we'll go 60-40 because Live Hard has had a lot of changes in my life. Um, 60% of the changes are probably because of this book. Yeah, there's been other books, there's been podcast. Jocko Podcast is big, but I would guarantee you that like 60% of the changes in my life are because of this book, and I promise you that if you read it right, and if you read it the way I did, you will have positive impact. It will have a positive impact on you, so go get the book, please go get it, please read it, um, please approach it in the way that it needs to be approached, and uh, I hope every one of you, after reading this book, or at least after hearing the podcast, comes away with the fact of, I am... I am a leader. As much as I am a man, as much as I am a woman, um, as much as I am a human being, I am a leader. And that's going to follow me through everywhere everywhere that I go. Um, That's what I really hope that you take away from this series uh, and this book. And I hope that you view this as a key on how to live your life like that and develop positive relationships. Okay, closed. I'm done. Um, Love that book. It's awesome. So, The elephant in the room, for me, at least. (laughs) Meditations. Um, This book is small but mighty. Um, It's heavy. Um, It's the lightest, heaviest book that I've ever picked up because I've got to review it. Because I told you I would review it and I don't have anything else planned for February. So I've got to figure it out. Um, It talks a little bit in here uh, about stoicism. Stoicism in the, uh, in the introduction, and this book is kind of seen as the model for how to live a stoic life, um, I've researched stoicism, I've looked at it, I read what's in the, uh, I've read what's in the introduction, and I'm not super sold on stoicism, I think it's missing something, uh, I think it is. Uh, I heard one of my favorite podcast hosts uh, talk about it a little bit, Stoicism versus Christianity, and I just think that Stoicism is missing something, and I don't really know what it is. And it's been so played out in the past couple years, it almost seems like a fad. Um, Like right now, everybody's talking about how no drinking is a fad. Like, oh, everybody's jumping on this no drinking train. I may pick up drinking again. Like, it's kind of a joke, but that's, that's kind of the way Stoicism seems lately. And it seems rather shallow to me. Um, it doesn't seem to have that depth. It seems like a great adder on for um, mentalities that do have um, a lot of depth. So, for example, um, yeah, so like if you are a Christian, stoicism I think is a, is a decent practical way um, to kind of exercise living your life uh, on a day-to-day manner, I don't think that it it has the um, body, the density to provide you all of your life's answers. I think the, this this idea of stoicism of of being. Um, being my words aren't coming to me right now, but not being super affected by change, being stoic in the face of change and and thinking about your own death and understanding that we will all die eventually and uh there's not many things that I I can't handle and I can handle all forms of change and we're not gonna get let our emotions get too high, let our emotions get too low, um because we're all momentum more. We're gonna we're all gonna die eventually. Uh I I get it. And it's a good practical way uh, to live your life on a day-to-day I just don't know that stoicism, the way people say it does, offers um, the lifelong uh, answers that people th- think that they find inside of it. At least I haven't found it. Let me put it that way. Instead of indicting all of these people that have this belief system, um, I'll say that I haven't found it yet. Um, and specifically because it it kind of conflicts, at least the, the, the people, and I don't really... I don't want to play politics, but the people that I see promoting stoicism the most, um, particularly Ryan Holiday, uh, they have opinions. It, it seems like stoicism allows for opinions that are in the opposite of what is good, <laughs> what is virtuous, um, and that's just something I haven't been able to to wrap my head around. Because Marcus Aurelius is all about virtue. Stoicism is all about virtue. Living your life in a virtuous in a virtuous manner. Um, all of this to say that I'm just not sold on stoicism because I see a lot of stoics that aren't virtuous. Uh, and the main stoic, Mr. Ryan holiday himself, uh, maybe he's just confused. Um, a lot of his opinions aren't virtuous and I can think of a few. I'm not going to go into it because this is not a political podcast. This is not what I'm trying to do on the book. I just want to make it thoroughly clear why I'm not going to dive into stoicism when reading Marcus Aurelius. I'm not going to read it like that uh, just simply because I, I don't think I believe in it and I don't believe that it is uh, I don't believe that it is what everybody is being sold. Um, let me put it that way. Now I can't find anything in Marcus and meditations to break it down. I don't have the background to break it down so I'm not going to try to. Um, that's just why I'm not going to lean heavily into the stoicism. I'm going to read it differently. And hopefully that's why you come to the podcast and that's why you listen to this podcast is because I'm going to read this book differently. I already did. I mean, I already did read it differently, but I'm going to review it for you differently than other people will. Um, I'm going to look at it through a different lens. The common guy lens who picks this up, knows nothing about stoicism and just kind of starts reading it. And that's, that's what I'm going to present to you. And I hope you're okay with that. So let me get into Um, what I kind of thought about the book and it's sectioned out if you get the uh, the, what is it the modern library version yeah modern library version this was given to me by a gift thank you Sam Pearson he gave it to me as a Christmas gift Uh, I don't know all the versions but if you get this one which I think is like the only one you can really get right now um, for a moderate price it's separated into books um, and then those books are separated into certain little meditations that are numbered so it's basically just like a list of notes Um, if you went into your iPhone notes every single evening and say you had one chapter of your life that you wanted to write about, um, or let's say you I don't know. This is just a good way to kind of illustrate to you how it's, how it's sectioned off is if you kept 2022 notes and on January 1st, you wrote down one, this was note one. And then January 2nd, this is note two. That's kind of how this is broken down. It's broken down into books. Um, I don't know if they took his notes and put them into books themselves. I don't know if he did it, but this is how you're going to read it, is my point. And the way I kind of approached that is I picked the ones that I thought had value. And there were a lot of them that I didn't think had value. Um, I think you'll get into a lot of this, particularly um, the ones that dive into stoicism that try to pull value out of every single one of these. And uh, I just don't think it's there. I, I mean, I don't think it's there there are times that he says some incoherent shit um, because he, he wasn't expecting people to read this. So, I mean, it makes sense that he's just saying incoherent shit sometimes. But I think that sometimes he does. And so the way that I read this, and I read it through a different lens. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the Purpose podcast, and uh, my mind's been wrapped around Purpose. So I attached onto the things when he talks about having purpose, and that's what you're going to get a lot of when I go to read this, is, hey, here he is saying that you need to have a purpose. Hey, here he is saying that this is how you find your purpose. That's kind of the way I'm going to read this, and then other just general life tips that I thought uh, were good for him. Now, if I, I don't have time, you're not going to sit here and listen to my my silly voice go through and read every one of these. That's not what this book is going to be. Pick up the book, read it for yourself. I'm going to go through, pick out the things that I think were important and talk about them. I'm not going to give you my whole overview of what Stoicism and what Marcus Aurelius, the way he lived his life. Basically, I'm going to dig through this bin of words and I'm going to find shit that I thought that was cool and shiny and I'm going to tell you about those. And I hope that's okay. Um, Marcus Aurelius seems like a brilliant dude. Uh, He had a lot of things nailed down. Obviously, he was a Roman emperor. So, uh Yeah, that's what you're in store for. I want to go ahead and kind of uh, address some things. Uh, So, I want to address some things uh, in book one. Most specifically, um, let's see, number one, yeah, don't get too caught up in your weakness. Okay, yeah, Um, always try to make things right, add value to conversation, don't subtract. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, two two things that I'm going to address in book one. This is called debts and lessons. And the way that I understand it is that he's listing debts and lessons that came from different people in his life. So he says, my grandfather versus or Varus, character and self-control. That's what he learned from his grandfather is kind of the way I read this. And on page six, uh, line number seven, he talks about Rusticus. And what I highlighted was, um, and these aren't all coherent in here, like to recognition the recognition I needed to train and display uh, and discipline my character that has nothing to do with the part that I'm going to read. So it says to read attentively, not to be satisfied with quotes, just getting the gist of it and not to fall for every smooth talker and for introducing me. Yeah. To edit lectures, loaning me his own copy. Okay. To read attentively, not to be satisfied with just getting the gist of it. I thought that was really funny to put at the very first of the book. Um, and I know I just said that sometimes he says some incoherent shit, and I'm going to tell you that the way that you need to read this book and almost every book is on, first pass, on, on, on the first pass of reading something, you need to be reading with intent and looking for something that can make your life better. Every single word, okay? Um, too long, didn't read. I know it's a meme, and uh, my friend is going to laugh at that, the TLDR, but... Um, Yeah, it's funny, but when you're reading books in order to get the full benefit out of them, don't skim them. Read every word as if it has an intent and if it has the capacity to change your life on the first pass. What I'm going to tell you is that if it doesn't immediately jump out to you or if it doesn't immediately make you think or question or say, oh, I don't know what that is, I want to know what that is, Um, if it doesn't immediately do that to you, you move on, especially in this book. Move on. You don't have to pull something out of every single bo- like line in a book. You don't have to pull something out of every single book. Okay, But in order to make sure that you're not wasting time on things, you need to read with intent and read as if every single line, every single word in a book has something to offer you on the first pass until proven otherwise. Those The words are meaningful until proven otherwise okay, and the first read is you proving it otherwise, that's, that's, that's the way we're going to read this book, that's the way we're going to read all of our books in the future, um, at least that's, that's what I think is right, and it's reinforced by Mr. Marcus Aurelius here, Emperor Aurelius, um, however you, his majesty, however you say that, um, let's see, not just every book, yeah, so, um, That's what I've got on uh, that little section of book one. The other thing I wanted to address, just because I think it's cool and it's been coming up occasionally and I can't wait another week to talk about it, and I've got a little bit of time here to um, address it, is uh, page 7, number 10. So, yeah, it's called The Literary Critic Alexander. He says not to be constantly correcting people, and in particular, not to jump on them whenever they make an error or usage or grammatical mistake or mispronounce something, but just answer their question or add another example or debate the issue itself, not their phrasing, to make some other contribution to the discussion and insert the right expression unobtrusively. Yeah, that's important. Add value to your conversations. If you're not adding value to the conversation, um, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you know like? Yes, you can have small talk, but let's talk about things at work. Um, let's talk about work conversations for a little bit. Uh, there are, I would <laughs> reckon that eighty percent of all work conversations, nobody adds any value, and nobody wants to add any value. Um, approach these meaningful conversations. In the space that I'm going to add value. Here is the caveat. Here is where I'm going to caveat Mr. Marcus Reyes. Now, I don't have my own empire, so take this for what you will. Um, he says, add another example, um, but just answer their question or add another example or debate the issue itself. I agree with that. Um, something that I think has helped me and I think that will help y'all is approach every conversation with the intent to add value. But for me, something that I have learned separate from this book is that value is not found in answers. The value in a conversation is not found in answers. It's not. And I think I approached this with Cade Carter. It's, it's not found in the answers that you're getting. You're both seeking answers. Okay. But that's not where the value is. The value in a conversation is found in the questions. Okay, it's found in the questions that you ask. That's where the value in a conversation is found, not in the answers. The answers are going to help you move forward and help the team get better and help you move on with life. That's what the answers are going to do. But the value in a conversation, when you need to be looking to add value, you need to be approaching this conversation and saying, okay, how can I ask the best possible question? Okay, how can I formulate my questions in a way that gives us the best possible chance of finding answers? Okay, That's how you need to approach conversation. You don't need to approach conversation with, I've got the answers or, oh, I bet he's got the answers. Okay. The value is not found in the answers because what's going to happen, two things are going to happen. Either you're going to be dug in providing your answers and your answers are the most valuable, or you're going to be willing to accept any fucking answer that anybody gives you. Okay. Uh, That's, that's what happens to a lot of people is they think that the value is found in the answers that they're given. And so the moment that they're given any answer, they accept it. Okay, these are the sheeple. These are the people that um, read 20 of these self-help books every single month and they always think that every one of them is the answer to their problems. Okay, the value is not found in the answers. The value is found in the questions that either A, their answers make you ask or B, the answers that you ask or the, the questions that you ask them. That's where the value is found. So... Moving on from this, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because i got to grab um, a bite to eat and then get on another podcast with a guest. Wrapping this up, uh, meditations is awesome. Um, Yeah, just that last little bit about conversations and adding value. Try that tomorrow. Try that tomorrow, please. When you listen to this, I don't care what fucking day it is, try try it today if you listen to it in the morning. The next conversation that you have with somebody, think, how can I add value in the form of questions? And only do that in the conversation. Don't offer any answers unless you're asked a question. Okay? And answer them straight. And say, here's what I think the answer is. Now I'm going to ask another question on top of that. Okay? It's okay to come to conclusions. Um, It's okay to say, yeah, I think we've got the answers now. But try to add value in the conversation through the form of question. Try it and let me know how it goes. Uh, let yourself know how it goes. Um, if you don't want to talk to me about it, I would love for you to talk to me about it. But be thinking about that in, in your next work conversations and your next conversations with your wife. How can I add value through the question, not the answer? That was a that was probably the biggest thing that I took from book one. There's some heavy hitters in book one that we'll talk about come next week. Uh, but that was probably the biggest thing that I found. Um, in in book one was that that really I mean it really has changed the way I look at at conversations and it changed the way people it it is so gratifying. For me it's so much more gratifying for somebody to say, man, you ask the right questions. You always ask the right questions because people have told me that. Um, you always ask really good questions. That's so much more valuable to me than somebody coming to me and saying man you've got all the answers because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't know whether I'm actually right or not if they say you've got all the answers. I don't know what... Because it, it depends on the person that's telling you this. It depends on what their credentials are. Okay? If somebody comes to me and says, you asked the right questions, that's that's awesome because that means I'm making them think. That means that um, I'm on the right track. I don't have to have the, the right answers, but I'm on the right track. I'm making people think and I'm adding value. And when they say, you asked the right questions, what that means is I got a lot of benefit out of your questions. So... Take that with you, Um, use that as you will. I hope that you use it a ton because it absolutely helped me. I still struggle with it. Um, I wanna bring all the answers to the table just like any dude that wants to do his best and that prides excellence, we want to have the answers. We want to be able to help people, but understand that adding value is in the form of questions. So, guys, I think that's all I've got for this evening on the Purpose Book Club. I really appreciate y'all sticking around for me. Dude, This is I'm so excited. Um, I hope y'all are as hype as I am about this book club. It's going to be awesome. We're reading Blood Meridian next month. Blood Meridian is so cool. It's so violent. It's so gruesome. Um, really makes you think a lot. And question a lot about the way you live and and life um, and war and all of those things. Um, it's just going to be so cool. And I'm so excited to do this with you guys. I, I really think that uh, I'm, I'm going to bring something different than what you've seen. I really think I'm, I'm going to try to. And what it's going to be is, look, I've been an academic before. Um, I can speak academic I don't do it very well, and I don't really like those people. And so, well, when I say I don't like those people, that was kind of an asshole statement. Um, they're not my people, um, the the academic types. I can get along with them, I understand. But I'm really excited to be bringing you these books that are only presented in a really high-level fashion in the academic, hoity-toity, um, pedantic sort of fashion, be bringing you those books and hopefully being able to give you something to relate to when reading these books, okay? I'm a normal dude, all right? We're all normal dudes. We're all normal women, okay? Um These books and the reviews of these books have typically been um, unaccess- unaccessible to people who just don't speak academic, okay? And I really don't. Okay, I've tried to listen to lectures, and I'm not saying that I am the great translator from academic to normal, you know, to normies. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that I don't really understand what they're doing either. And so I'm going to try to read the book and help us understand it from uh, a normal dude point of view. And how can I make this applicable to my life? Because I think that's what's missing in a lot of these books. And I'm going to do different books than what people have done. I don't think anybody's done this with Lonesome Dove, and that's what we're going to do in, in uh, the month of May. And I'm super excited about it, guys. I'm so excited. I hope you're as excited as I am. Please keep tuning in. Uh, with the weight of these books, I may start doing three episodes a week. Uh, I may just have to do it. I, I just might have to to give my time, uh, to give myself time to prepare and to put together full episodes. I know. I hope you like hearing me talk that much. Um, that you'll listen to me for three hours a week. I hope so. Um, If not, tell me what I can change to do that. Tell me what I can change to say I would listen to you for three hours a week. Listen to you talk for three hours a week. Tell me what I can do. Appreciate it, guys. Love y'all. Thanks.